Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll pop resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hey guys, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. We have another episode coming to you from the beautiful Gilly T, as I am still here. Today is... What day is it? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. (laughs) It's Wednesday and I am heading home on Saturday. So making the most of the time whilst I am here. And this morning I am recording at Freedive Gilly, which is um, the only Freedive Centre on Gilly Twangan, owned by the wonderful Mike Board. And I'm here with my wonderful friend, Veronica. So welcome, V. Thank you. Welcome. Good morning. I'm very excited to be recording this with you. And so am I. <laughs> um, it is at the moment quarter past six in the morning because we're trying to fit this in around work schedules and life. And we both got here and realized that um, the cafe next door, Banyan Tree, is not yet open for coffee. <laughs> tragic and so both of us are like dying hanging out for them to open up at seven so we can get some caffeine into our bodies <laughs> absolutely needed yes so v, would you like to just give um listeners just a little bit of an introduction to you so my name is veronica i'm originally from germany but i also spent 20 years of my life living in the uk and then just under five years ago i came here to gilly tea Mm-hmm. Like so many, I came for a holiday and I'm still here. Yes. And I have no intention to leaving anytime soon. So, Amazing. Yeah. I am an undisclosed uh, years above 40 years old, um, <laughs> which I'm trying very hard to forget um, on an everyday basis. And mm-hmm. yeah, we, 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 I'm not sure what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you ended up coming here originally for a holiday. Well, the holiday was, yeah, the idea was to, to come here and do my freediving instructor mm-hmm. course, which I did, and I had the original plan to go back to Europe with that, and that never happened, because yeah. literally on the back of passing the course, I got offered a job and decided to stay, which yeah. fitted really well with my slightly jumbled up life at that point, so mm-hmm. that was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Amazing. What is it about the island, do you think, that you love so much? Oh, that's pretty easy to answer. I'm a small town girl. I grew up in a in a village. Um, I've never been a big city girl. I've always been a countryside girl. Um, so I love the that this island is so small. You know, mm-hmm. it is. It doesn't have a, a big city. Obviously, no big city character with it. And I've moved mentally and just out of the mountains into the sea around about. 15 years ago mm-hmm. and I have this here I have this this small town community I have a amazing set of friends and island family here mm-hmm. in a setup that is the best setup I could ever have found myself personally in yeah. and uh, this is the reason why I do not really want to go anywhere right now <laughs> I get it don't worry <laughs> how did we get to know each other 
Well, um, we met under some very uh, traumatic mm -hmm. circumstances, actually, because just after I arrived uh, in August 2018, this poor little island and the area around it was shook by a massive earthquake. Mm -hmm. And on the back of that, I was one of the few people that decided to stay on the island and rebuild. And so did you and some other really wonderful people in my life. And we literally were like... I would call this friendship, we are phoenix out of the ashes, you know. We, mm -hmm. we met each other over rub rubble and sledgehammers and mm -hmm. some well-deserved sunset beers at the end of the day yeah. and um, really quickly became friends and something wonderful came out of it and we're still friends today, yeah. over four years later. I know, because it's weird, because, like, obviously at that time, that's when we, like, got to be closer and we got to know each other. But now when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I can't really remember a time when, like, I didn't know V, but, I like, I didn't know you for a, a, you know, since, I mean, I moved here in 2015. But I think that was, you know, just, like, how quickly we all got to be so close over yeah. that time was really amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a certain kind of bond which I think um, is very difficult to explain to people how that mm. can be that you so quickly get so close to each other. But it's, in as tragic as the experience was, it's also a beautiful experience. You Absolutely, know? And yeah. It is, it, it is something I'm in a certain kind of way very grateful to have experienced because obviously it shaped us all and taught us a lot as well. Absolutely, so much. So today, obviously, we're going to be talking through your journey with mental health. So if you were to, you know, think about where that started, like, um, can you take us back to the start of that? In all honesty, it's sometimes for me a little bit difficult to pinpoint exactly where it st started because it is something I, as a, it's definitely started in my childhood. But mm -hmm. as a child, it is very difficult to recognise that you might have an issue. And my journey is not really on the back of something incredibly traumatic early on, but mm -hmm. it started it started shaping me early on. And I have this ability and always had this ability to push negative thoughts and, and negative experiences away and hide behind a very sunny persona. And I wasn't hiding because I needed to hide it in front of other people is because I wanted to hide it in front of myself. So I just convinced myself I'm happy. Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult to say what parts of my childhood already were tainted. Um, there's definitely memories I have that I know that are still affecting me today. Mm -hmm. um, and were a big part of the, the big black hole I found myself in a few years back. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I would have said I'm one of the happiest children in the world. You know, I had yeah. in, in, in hindsight, when you put it in words, I had an, even though I'm German or not Swedish, an Astrid Lindgren kind of childhood and I absolutely loved it. But what does that mean? Because I don't think everyone will get that reference. Okay, maybe I'm too old for that. Um, you all know Pippi Longstocking. Um, yeah. If you read books by the same author called Astrid Lindgren, um, she's written many, many stories about children in Sweden mm -hmm. and their naughty little stories they got up to and okay. they were generally just happy. So um, if I always said if you take... All of her stories and throw them on pig pot, jumble <laughs> them together. Somewhere in the middle, you get my childhood, which was fantastic. Yeah. But I was there was also stuff that was not so fantastic. I just decided not to notice it at that time. Mm -hmm. 
that changed a little bit during my teenage years. Mm -hmm. And then it really caught up with me um, very late on, actually, around about four years, five years ago. Okay, um, yes. Then things got bad. Okay. So, um, obviously, we had to talk about, mm. like, your childhood would have been, like, in the, like, under 10. So, yes. And yes. then in your teenage years, I guess, what were the symptoms that you noticed for yourself? Like, was there a change then in your persona or anything like that? I'm, I'm somebody who's very good at dealing with stuff and always has been very good at dealing with stuff by herself. Um, yeah. And I had to for, for various reasons. And what happens to me is that it blows over. I have the classic, um, I don't know if you can kind of say, call it classic, but mm -hmm. I've had, um, I would start getting days where things, you just wake up and you're in a mood. Yeah. And then it gets more and more traumatic and more and more traumatic. And that, that, uh, that point I can't keep it in and I have dramatic outbursts okay which might not necessarily be recognized back in the day definitely not as, mm -hmm. as a situation where you say there's there's a mental problem yeah um, there's something and, more going on yeah there's something yeah. more going on because these episodes would last something from a couple of hours to a couple of days and wow. then I usually would my answer to myself was always just stop it just stop it you've had enough now Okay. Um, kick yourself in the butt and, and just get on. Um, it's which, amazing that you were able to do that for yourself, though. It is. I've perfected this. I've perfected this in a very weird way because I kind of had to for myself and mm -hmm. for my family as well mm -hmm. because there were so many other things going on. And I still have this today. When I, when I get down, I allow myself to get down. And I realize, all right, we are in a... We are now in, in on a downward spiral. And you know what? Just wallow in it. Just take mm -hmm. it. Take as much as you can. Let, you know, hit yourself as much as you can because I know that I will get sick of myself okay. within latest the next 48 hours. And then I'm back to where I want to be for me personally. Mm -hmm. Didn't so well work the last time around, but for most part of the, my life, that's what, what happened. I just allowed drama for 48 yeah. hours maximum and then that was it. I'm, I'm back out. I think there's a power in that, though. Like, you know, we're so often trying to, like, you know, not allow ourselves to feel how we feel um, because we've got to be happy or we've got to be, I don't know, I guess, like, you know, putting that sunny persona out there. But I think that is actually really a good thing to be able to do to actually allow yourself to feel feel the way that you feel because something has obviously happened or or maybe it's hormonal or whatever it is you're allowed Absolutely. to feel down you're allowed to feel sad but then you also don't want to stay there for too long yes absolutely and is um i learned very early on for myself and this this is a flaw i still work on occasionally I've, as i've been told by many people in my life you pretty sure you were one of them yeah. that um it is okay to ask for help and yes. you don't have to deal with things completely by yourself. But that was something I avoided as a child in my, you know, between eight and, and, and ten and then in my teenage years as well. Because yeah. I, I just didn't want to be a burden to the people around me because there was so much other stuff going on that I, I felt if I put that on top of them as well, yeah. it's, it's not right. Apart from the fact that, obviously, in the early 80s, um, children didn't have mental issues, so you were just brushed aside anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, yeah, it was just the way it was. Yeah. 
So um, you said before that, um, you know, things kind of just continued as they were and obviously life went on from your 20s through till now. What would you say the lowest point was that you've had? The moment I arrived on this island. I ran away from life to come to this island. Yeah. Um, not knowing that I'm going to stay at that point, but that was 100% the lowest I've ever felt. And it is an ongoing process to kick myself out of that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself occasionally back in. I mean, I'm great at the moment. I'm absolutely wonderful. And I've had, I feel, but with COVID and everything and isolation and obviously a lot of people around you, um, you want to help because we all got caught up with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, it's, it's probably the last four years were the hardest, the happiest, but also the hardest years of my life. Yeah, it's interesting in that aspect, isn't it? Yeah. Me both. When you said that you, uh, like when you arrived here, that was the lowest point. Like, was that um, like in general in life or was it more of like a mental, like in that you weren't necessarily in a great place mentally? Um, both. Yeah. Both. Um, so I came here at the uh, end of, uh, back of, the, of, of my marriage ending. Yeah. yeah. I'm, my husband decided... Um, it's no longer the thing that he wanted, which in hindsight was the best idea he's ever had. <laughs> but um, at the point, I was on the on the brink. You know, I was on the back of a of a relationship that broke down after fourteen years. Yeah. And then on the back of that, I realized that that relationship was not healthy and hadn't been healthy for a very, very, very long time, mm-hmm. and that I spent a lot of effort and time into something that was not good for me but tried to be good for somebody else Mm -hmm. and I started questioning every core of my existence Um, on top of that you find yourself single at the age of 40 Mm -hmm. I've found myself suddenly in the position that uprooted my whole life I'd been working for to to warm my career and everything I left everything to come and sit on a sandy patch in the middle of the ocean Mm -hmm. Um, which was healing and needed but also I was probably the closest to being at a breaking point I've ever been and that's on the back of of a suicide attempt at 16 so it is I mean I tried to kill myself at the age of 16 but I felt worse at the age of 40 that's yeah that's profound like that's very interesting yeah so it's and it's been an ongoing journey since to to come to terms with everything that happened in my 20s on my career my relationships the way I dealt with my family all of that so it's been a it's been interesting because and one thing you go through something and you suffer and there are moments where you just don't know how to get on and you're terribly upset. And then I found myself, and I will mention this again through what I do now, freediving to have the ability to step out mm-hmm. and look at myself in a morbid fascination how mm-hmm. somebody can end up in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. On the same time, then you always think, oh, my God, my problems are so less high than other people's. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes you feel guilty for being down because you think other people have had such more horrific, traumatic experiences Mm. than I have had. So am I even, do I even have the right to say that I have a mental issue? Mm. 
Um, and then you think, you know what, everyone experiences their own things and it's the way you, you know, it shapes you and it affects you and it, of course it has a mental issue. And so the last four years were the happiest but also hardest years of my life on, in, in a certain kind of way. Yeah. I guess in coming here, did you find that it helped to heal you? Absolutely. 100%. First of all, because I removed myself from anything that had any memories. Yeah. yeah. Um, here I have, reminders. I have no reminders of my previous life. And not that I want to completely run away because I had mm-hmm. a lot of very, very happy moments in my life, you know, and I don't want to f- give anyone at home the feeling that I ran away from them. Yeah. But um, nothing here reminds me of any of my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing here reminds me of the times of, you know, I have had issues at home. My previous job that was mentally very challenging as well, simply due to the lack of sleep you occasionally had. <laughs> so I had the chance to completely start over for myself. Mm. And at the same time, I started my freediving journey, which is now my life, mm-hmm. and has been the most rewarding and healing activity I could have ever found. And I never thought that that would be possible. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still it's still a process. We're of still course, we're yeah. still going on, but that's why I just don't want to go at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel happy in my little island bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what freediving is, can you just give us an explanation? Freediving is diving on breath hold. Mm-hmm. Um, many people might recognize it only as the sport competitive mm-hmm. activity where people go up and down a rope, mm-hmm. or go to and fro in a pool, trying to hold their breath as long as possible, going as deep as possible. Um, Freediving is also just diving without breathing equipment over the reefs. Mm -hmm. So a kind of, let's call it extreme snorkeling. Yeah. For people (laughs) who are not quite sure. So it is an in-water activity. Mm -hmm. It deals very much with mind over body. Mm -hmm. And it can be, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful pastime. And for me, also a wonderful job. Mm And what is it about freediving, do you think, that um, you love so much or that has helped you so much? It's the break I get. It's the break from, from the world. So for when, you, when you go into a freediving session, and in my case, um, I love the reef diving, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I'd rather go on scuba for looking at fish. Yeah. yeah. I love the pool training side. I love the line diving side because when you go in there, it is... It is literally you and yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's you and your mind, and you have to find an utter point of relaxation because otherwise it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you get the chance to allow yourself to completely let go of everything mm-hmm. for several minutes at a time, mm-hmm. and then obviously you do that again and again in a session. So you have the chance to get away from everything that bothers you mm-hmm. for an hour and a half, an hour, and it gives, it's like a good night's sleep, mm. but you're awake and you're completely aware of what's going on, you're completely alone with yourself, mm. you allow yourself to get into a body, in, in, into a relaxation that I haven't found anywhere else, mm. and it is incredibly rewarding, and it is incredibly rewarding to trying to teach that and pass that on to somebody else. Yeah, um, I'm not looking for freediving being my answer to my problems. It's my break from my problems. Yeah. And this is what I love so much about it. 
Yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, that's how I also explained, like, scuba diving when I started doing it originally was that, you know, as soon as you go under the water, it's like you're in another world and you just leave all your problems up at the surface, you know, just for that hour or however long it is. So it's a nice little break in the same way that meditation can be. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been teaching for now? I've been teaching for now since... Yeah, I started teaching uh, just before the earthquake, so June 2018, yeah. so just over four years. It's funny here that like everyone explains things as, like, was it before or after the earthquake? Yeah. Were you here before or after the earthquake? Did this happen before or after? Because it's such a significant thing yeah. that happened in our time when we were here. Yeah. So who do you think has been the most, I guess, influential person on this journey, like, um, even if you, it's up to you, you can talk about for the last four years or over, you know, if we think about your mental health journey in general. Ooh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> I would have to go backwards now, yeah, mm-hmm. because obviously... So here on this island, um, absolutely um, the three of you. Yeah. Um, that's Who's the three of us? No so that's... Ob- yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's Lisa. And that's um, Kazi and Rose. Um mm-hmm. For people who don't know, um, when obviously these three were already friends and um, it sounds so cheesy, but when we started tidying up the island, I saw this amazing bunch of girls. It was very clear how close they are. And then within a very short period of time of meeting them, they adopted me into the group. (laughs) So I call myself the D'Artagnan of the Three Musketeers because this is how (laughs) I feel. And obviously we went went through this together. And so you guys obviously have been a a massive part because you were the first ones I allowed myself to ask for help. You Mm -hmm. were the first ones I allowed myself to break down in front of without you guys knowing my previous history. Mm -hmm. Um, Here on the island as well, my to main male family members and mm-hmm. that is Chris and Mike. Um, mm-hmm. We are an incredible family here at Freedive Gilly and I love those two guys with two bits and mm-hmm. they have been there in many, many dark hours for me to have conversations, chats through whatever was going on. Yeah. So here on the island that is there's um, definitely a couple of other people as well who are very important to me but you uh, yeah. five are sort of my, my initial rocks. Then I have a an amazing bunch of friends in the UK, and we've been mm-hmm. friends since we were at university. Mm-hmm. And they're, you might call social media what you want to call it, you know, call mm-hmm. these mobile phones what you want to call it, whether it's good or not, but I have a group of people I am in contact with every day, and we have been for the last 20 years, and I wouldn't want to miss a single one of them, and this is only possible due to technology, yeah. considering where I live now. Um, they are my, my squad, they're my girls. Um, mm-hmm. They have been there all my life. Obviously, the only one left in my family now is my sister. Yeah. Um, as with any sibling relationship, you have the ups and downs, but my mm-hmm. sister is my best friend. Mm-hmm. And we have been a lot through together, obviously, in the last 40-odd mm-hmm. years. And uh, without her, many things would have not been as easy. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're sort of, who else was have been there? My parents were there at times, mm-hmm. at times they were not. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both no longer around, I miss them dearly, but yeah. I think with children and parents it can be one of these things. Mm-hmm. They tried very hard to be fantastic parents and they succeeded in most of parts mm-hmm. of that, but um, there's, they're part of the reason 
yeah. things went mentally not quite where they're, okay. where they're going. And I've had people along the way. And that is a weird thing, because I, as sad as it is when you lose contact with people, but there are people in your life that are there for a certain period of time, mm-hmm. and you are very intense and close, and you share a lot, mm-hmm. and then these people completely disappear, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely okay. So there's... I've had quite a few of those that sort of walked with me for some part of my life. And I might never see or hear from them again, but I will always hold them very dearly in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few of those. Yeah. Which, um, I've got no idea what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, well, I think that's really nice, though, like that you mentioned so many people, because it is true that like there are many different people that will come in and out of your life and have an influence. And especially living here on the island, the community is so important yeah. and having people that you can rely on and, and talk to and be honest with is very, very important. We also have another visitor today in our little podcast, makeshift, makeshift podcast studio at Free Dive Gilly. Um, this is, we have a little cat named Lucky in here. He has one ear and he's just waltzing around on the table in front of us at the moment. <laughs> He's looking for love. Forever adopting cats here, aren't you? This shop. Yes. This, shop is. This, this island. It's a the cat island. island. Is, Wherever yes. you go, it's all about the cats. <laughs> so. so outside from freediving, what things do you do to manage your mental health and stay healthy? That's a good question. <laughs> um, to be honest, it's, it's, I'm a, I would describe myself as a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at being at home with myself, so I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to be out. I like to surround myself with people. I like to surround myself with my friends on my on the island. Just seek social contact because I am somebody who likes to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who likes to move around, and that to me at the moment is doing me good. So if I'm I'm not somebody at the moment who likes to be at home by herself. Mm-hmm. I've. I've had periods where there's, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look after myself and I'm going to do face masks, journal, meditate, all that, those kind of things. But at the moment, that's not what I need. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very good and always have been to listening to my body, what I want and what I need. So I have phases. I have phases of things I do then very intensely. And at the moment, that is spending time out and about, which is very easy when you live on a tropical island, because mm-hmm. you know, everyone is out and about anyway. You don't, you know, wherever you go, you meet people. Absolutely, yeah. and and that keeps that keeps me happy. I like Good. I like social contact. I like being with people. Yeah. So I think that's like, and it's an exchange of energy, right? When you're out and about and you're talking to people, so that can, you know, depending on who you are, that yeah. can deplete you. Yeah. Or it can actually fill you up. So. It, yeah, it fills me up because I like and I think I have. The ability of, of people trusting in me and people like spending time with me, and that's reassuring yeah. because um, to be somebody who has a big circle of friends on an island means that you have a certain kind of popularity, which is not, you know, I want to be the queen bee of mm. the island, but part of my mental journey was abandonment. Mm-hmm. And part of my mental journey is feeling unloved and Mm -hmm. not wanted and Mm -hmm. worthless Mm -hmm. so having people who want to spend time with you um, helps you to that helps me recovering from that and to Mm -hmm. tell me that I'm not Mm -hmm. somebody 
that should be abandoned or mm-hmm. should be alone and will never find anyone again in her life yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I, I seek that personal contact with people because it reassures me that I am not somebody who is disliked. Yeah, yeah. Do you, And where do those, those feelings, where are they coming from? From my relationships. From, like, as an adult? Yeah. Yeah. Especially my last one. Okay. Yeah. It's like, and I think that's, um, it's interesting that, you know, like you said, it's not like you're trying to be like the most popular person on the island, but that's a nice little reassurance yeah. that, you know, that you, you, and you are a good person and you are fun to be around and you are just a good human. So, you know, I hate to think that, you know, you weren't think you weren't feeling that way at some point. Yeah, but that is, that is one of the biggest issues I have for me mm. is... And that comes from many, stems from many different situations I've had in my life. And that goes also back, all, to, all the way back to my childhood, um, is this that to be branded, I was always branded. It, it started in early that I'm too loud and I talk too much. This is what my, my mother tried to keep at bay mm-hmm. because apparently I was too loud. I talk too much. I'm too much over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also continued with a certain point then later on in life with with work and and my relationships that it was always that I I don't know why and how I found these people in my life and I snatched onto them and listened to them but it is you're good at what you do but you can't be better Um, you can't do this because you're doing it wrong you have to change yourself. And mm. this um, is specifically at the back of my last relationship that you can't be loved. Mm. And that was very tricky to come out of uh, as well. That, that's probably the biggest and, and hardest point that was, was my marriage because that was mental abuse to a point that I didn't realize it was mental abuse. Yeah. That will still make me cry today. Mm. And that gave me the feeling that I can't be loved. Yeah. Which is really weird because I think I'm awesome. You are awesome. <laughs> this is, I, I, despite all my faults I have, and I'm very, very much aware of my faults, I think I'm great. I think I'm beautiful. I'm 44 years old. I, mm-hmm. um, I think I look amazing for my age. <laughs> I, and I think I'm a wonderful, wonderful person. But I sometimes don't believe other people can believe that. Yeah. That's a... And that's been implanted in me um, over years. Well, it's a learnt, a learnt behaviour or yes. a learnt thought, right, that was reiterated to you for a very long time. Well, ten years. Yeah. Uh, over ten years. So, like, yeah. it, it's understandable that you would feel that way because if it's constantly being, you're constantly over ten years being reminded that, it takes time to unlearn that. It does, it does, Um and then on top, I mean, obviously, because with things that have happened, mm-hmm. the earthquake, my parents passing away, and then two years of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, that process of healing happened, but it was also interrupted by other things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, where you have to, you know, get sort of... And life throws you curveballs. I mean, you, you know this meme that p- turns up in... in, in Facebook sometimes where people say other people's life and it's one straight line and then they see my life and it's just oh, a jumble yeah. up. And it's, it's basically, I don't believe that anyone has a straight line because no. life throws you curveballs. So it's, it's you, you always 
find a knot somewhere in the line and then you have to um, somehow try to get out of that. You do. So, and it's all about adapting and yeah. learning to, I guess, you know, be like bamboo, right? So you can sort of like go with the breeze and yeah. like not snap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even if you snap, bamboo has strong roots, my friend. It always comes back. Very <laughs> difficult to get rid of. Yes. <laughs> Love that reference. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you stayed here mm-hmm. throughout um, the pandemic. Yes. There were um, quite a few people who did stay. How was your mental health over that period? In the first year, fantastic. Yeah. Because, and I, oh, it's, it's, can we say this out loud? You know, it is, um, we experienced this here completely different to anywhere else in the world. Mm. Yeah. Um, from what I can gather, simply because we were in the very lucky situation of sitting on a tiny island where you kind of, isolate as an island yeah Yeah. which means we had the freedom of moving around Mm -hmm. and we had the ocean yeah and not knowing how long this will go on initially like no one did we very much tried to enjoy the freedom of living on a tropical island with for once not having to work on said tropical island no tourists i mean we love our tourists you know they're the reasons we are here and they make you know that's what our life is is dedicated to. But we were living on a deserted island yeah. in the sunshine. And I used that time to um, really dive into my freediving in, mm-hmm. in the pool. Did a lot of training. Um, learned an awful lot about myself during that mm-hmm. time. And I had a great time in the first year. And then it started slowly, like with many other people in the world, the second year started getting to you. Yeah. Because obviously there was suddenly no end in sight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more people left. I mean, mm-hmm. more and more people were not coming back, you know. I mean, think about your own situation. You yeah. didn't think you're not going to see it for this long, you know. And then it got harder. And then it got, it sort of crept in. And I can't tell you where, where and when it started. For me personally, if I had to pinpoint it, it would probably be around about January this year. Yeah. I can't tell you what triggered it. Mm. I have no idea. But that was when I suddenly became very much aware of the fact that I'm now not as happy as had been in, in previous years on the island. And then a lot of things started creeping up mm-hmm. from the past, you know, and... Idle hands, right? Yes, too exactly. Much too much time on your head. Uh, and, and then also, as much as you love your island family, at that point you've been sitting on each other's laps for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, I remember Mike saying everyone is getting a little bit antsy. Yeah. It's a perfect word to describe it, yeah? We love each other, but we got antsy with each other. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, luckily, the world started to reopening and we thought we're going to have we had this idea of it's going to trickle back in, you know, so <laughs> tourists are going to come back, the slow reopening, and that didn't happen. Um, the Nyepi weekend came, for people who don't know, this is a, a holiday in Bali where they turn um, electricity, Wi-Fi, everything is turned off. A day of silence. <clears throat> day of silence, which means half of Bali escapes to Gili Tea because... They don't want a day of island silence. Yeah. And then it didn't stop after that. And we, after two years of isolation, were hit like a bus. Yeah. And I think it, that was then really difficult to deal with for a moment or two. Mm. Yeah. So I spent many nights awake, many nights crying for 
sometimes apparent reasons and sometimes with a very clear thought in my mind why that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time I took a little bit longer to say, all right, you've had enough of yourself now, stop it. That didn't work for the first time in my life. Okay. Um, what like, were you doing to manage that then? I reached out to a friend I have in, in Australia mm-hmm. um, who also was there for me a couple of years ago. She is the mother of a very dear friend of me and she's a, she, she's a healer and a life coach. Mm-hmm. She's not a psychiatrist at that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very good to talk to. She's a, is a mother figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, so I reached out to her a couple of times and for the very first time in my life I found journaling working for me. I've journaled always, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm somebody who um, has come in and out of journaling because I was, yeah, so today I had, back in the day, I had one toast and I went for a walk. <laughs> so I was like, I never really understood the significance mm-hmm. of what journaling can be. But again, you have to allow yourself to do that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I, I allowed the idea of journaling and that helped an immense, um, immense amount. And I laid very heavily on on Rose and Casey mm-hmm. um, who were very there for me very very strongly um, totally ignoring that they might have their own issues mm-hmm. yeah I cried a lot on their shoulders um, because unfortunately Casey and you were not here at that yeah. point and they were at the forefront and they were wonderful and lovely and very very helpful and um, they might not even realize how much they helped me during that time same goes for Chris, he has probably no idea how much he helped me. Mm-hmm. And a couple of other people in on the island who were just there um, mm-hmm. and watched me cry a lot. Yeah. Which I've never really... I've never cried so much in front of people like I've had on this island. <laughs> so sometimes I think, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> yeah, But sometimes you just got to load out. I'm a, I've discovered for me that myself the term PST, poolside therapy, I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and... Then one morning, about six, seven, eight weeks ago, I woke up and I've been fine since. Okay. Um, Accepting the fact that it might come back because it's always come back. Yeah. But you never know when, so I'm not waiting for it. No. But I'll be ready for it. Mm Mm-hmm. So. That's the thing, like, you know, it's we constantly do have to manage our mental health and and it will have ups and downs, but it's about, I guess, what you learn to manage it. Um, and adapting to what you need and listening to what your body needs and what your mind needs and, you know, enjoying the time where you do feel good um, and not, like, anticipate that it's going to come back, but I guess it's about self-awareness and then maybe next time you might notice, you know, those, um, you know, the symptoms when you might start to be coming back down a little bit and you can catch it a bit sooner maybe yeah it's it's of course because life gives you experiences and you learn from it um mm. it is for me one of the th- i've been the closest at the beginning of the year to even after i mean the, the the most hardest part of my life the part that was the most destroyed is four years ago when my marriage broke down mm-hmm. the closest of being back to suicide was at the beginning of this year right and I mean, I've had the year, the thought of suicide has come back many, many, many times over my life. It's, mm-hmm. I sometimes don't, not sure, I, I treat it, and I, I'm, I'm very careful because I don't want to make this tr- dramatic, and I don't want to make this attention-seeking, and I don't want to worry people, but 
with having researched that I am a suicidal person in the form like I'm a recovered suicidal person, like you're mm-hmm. a recovered alcoholic, like you're a mm-hmm. recovered addict, meaning the thought of escape by just switching the lights off is there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can push that thought away and you can work with it. Yeah. So it's, I am pretty convinced, even though I have the thoughts and like have come back again and again, that I will never try to kill myself again. Yeah. But the thought is there. Mm-hmm. And the thought of how easy it would be to escape. But due to my experiences had over all the years of people helping me and being there, whether they knew it or not, I don't want to take, for me, the easy road out. From my personal experience, you can tackle certain problems and you can overcome them and you can live with them. And... I don't want to leave the aftermath to people who are important to me. Because once you are gone, you leave people behind who don't understand or question or might feel guilt that they didn't see it. And that is not something I want to do to people. Mm-hmm. And that is what stops me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, that's just for me personally. Mm-hmm. I don't want to upset anyone who has got mental issues that go in that direction. I know everyone has their own fight with that, but that's for me. Mm-hmm. That's my personal experience I've had from a suicide attempt mm-hmm. on how I'm dealing with it now, 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like you said, that is, that's how you feel about it. it. And you're obviously in a space now where you can, I guess, recognise different things and see different things and you've got a very good self-awareness. So I think it, the, the, the problem can be where, you know, when people can't, like when they, that's all that they can see as an option, you know, and, and someone who's in that space is, is definitely in in a very bad place in, with their own Absolutely. mental Absolutely. And this is for me. So when I call it cowardly, I mean, I would be the coward. I'm mm-hmm. not calling anyone else a coward. Yeah. yeah. That's just me. Yeah. And I don't like being a coward. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like I said, this is just very, very personal to myself. And mm-hmm. I hope I haven't offended anyone who's listening to this podcast with that because everyone is in their own space, in their own yeah. place, and has their own things to deal with. And that's, and like you said, that's just, you know, your, your feelings about yeah. it, having been through um, everything that you've been through and, and, you know, having a suicide attempt when you were much younger you're entitled to your feelings and how you feel about it and and what you said um before about that um it's it's having that thought come up i can understand that as well Mm -hmm. like um more so with the this as a self-harm thing Mm -hmm. when things start to get too hard it's like a little fleeting memory not a memory like a a fleeting thought that'll come up Mm -hmm. for me um and then i can recognize it and i'm like no, and I can push it away. Yeah. Same, like you said, with, a, say, like an alcoholic who might mm. have a stressful day and the thought of having a drink, that's going to mm. pop up um, and maybe then they push that away. Yeah. So it's interesting that you use that um, as an example as well. Yeah, and it's one thing I've learned in the last four years is because um, I'm, I'm, it's actually the first time I'm openly talking about it because obviously there are people who are home who knew about the suicide attempt, but... I never really mention it, so there mm-hmm. might be some people who, if they're listening to this, who know me, might just say, "Find out, sorry." 
yeah. didn't talk about it before. <laughs> this is part of my recovery. Yeah. To openly admit that I did that. And um, How old were you? 16. It's really young. Um, I tried to overdose with tablets and mm-hmm. my sister found me and oh, wow. um, did the whole off to hospital, pump it all out. And that is one of the things, and this is why I probably kept it at bay at so long, and I, is that when I did that, teenagers who tried to kill themselves in Germany 30 years ago were attention-seeking drama queens. Yeah. yeah. And I was instructed to say that when I came around, that this was a dramatic moment. I just wasn't attention-seeking because... Um, I was, it's not something you wanted to have in your family. It was not something that should have been talked about. And it was not something um, that looked good in the family. So going to a psychiatrist on the back Mm. of a um, suicide attempt um, is something that should not have happened. Yeah. shouldn't happen. So I didn't get any help. It was brushed aside. Yeah. Um, and, And unfortunately... I don't, my mother was great. Mm-hmm. I love my mother. She was a fantastic person. She was also a very, very complicated person. And um, there were times in my life afterwards where she th- would throw this in my face that I did that to her when she was 16, when I think you have no idea what led up to that. Yeah. yeah. Because I never told you the full story because I couldn't. Yeah. And hence for you, it was always just an attention-seeking drama moment, which yeah. why I was at that point... Um, at the lowest, you know, as a teenager without guidance mm-hmm. at a point where I didn't see any other way out. I mean, thank God it didn't work. Yeah. I would have, you know, yeah. I've had some amazing times in my life since I wouldn't have liked to miss. Yeah. And I'm glad for my family that I was still around and they didn't have to live with the results of a yeah. successful attempt, yeah. But um, I never really got the help back then I might have needed. Yeah. Um, for my journey onwards and I think things that happened in my late teens and early 20s and the relationships with the men I have thought was had a lot to do with unresolved issues mm. mm-hmm. so yeah especially because you know I, it makes me really sad that you know this happened and you went through that and you know it was almost I guess brushed aside and you it were was, told yeah. to like just go back to normal and tell everyone that you were just being dramatic and attention seeking like that's fucked <laughs> like that's that's really like I feel really bad that I mean and I'm sure this happened has happened to you know many other people as well but then you you carry that with you I do and I did it and I one thing I learned and that's part of the journey I had in the last four years that it is okay to talk about it yeah because obviously before that it was like yeah, you know, I have to tell you something. Um, you know, uh, when I was 16, I tried to kill myself. And, you know, it's, it felt almost like a stigma, yeah. something bad. But at the moment, sorry, the cat is attacking Lisa. Um, it's, now it's a very recent experience for me. That's part of the, the last six months that I suddenly realized, hang on, I'm the person I am because of the experience I've had. And yeah. some of the experiences I've had were bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I somehow at the moment managed to turn it around. Yeah. Um, so why not talk about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Why not mention it? So 
Yeah. What do you wish that you could tell your past self or maybe someone who's going through something similar to what you've been through? Stand up for yourself more. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't let yourself be talked down and into something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because that is definitely something I am still struggling with today. Okay. Yeah. I will... I'm a... I don't like confrontation because I cry. I'm a very um, emotional confrontationalist, yeah? Yeah. Um, Which, then obviously you take all your credibility of your argument away very quickly if you're just this blubbering, snotty person trying to make (laughs) a point. Yes, I'm trying to avoid confrontation as long as I can, but also I am, um, I'm seeking harmony, you know, I don't, I don't like being the catalyst of a situation that is not right Mm -hmm. Um, so I give up I give very quickly up or I give in depending on how the situation is Um, and I've definitely could have had different parts of my life that could have gone differently if I had stood up for myself a little bit more and that is something I'm still working on Mm -hmm. and I will probably always work on because I'm very easy to say okay you're whatever yeah too hard keep the peace yeah exactly yeah i think i think think that's a good piece of advice though because um yeah we do tend to especially as women i think back down from an argument or back down from something um but even if it's you know you know if you're out there and you need to stand up for your like health like if Mm. you are know not doing well and people are maybe not accepting of that or whatever you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first what do you think that we can do better as a society or in the mental health space or how can we maybe better support our family or friends i think at the moment in all honesty we're on a good track Mm -hmm. um as horrible as it might sound if i just sort of blatantly say it thank god for that pandemic Mm. yeah because it created so much awareness and i think it also created a bigger understanding of general society because mental health is something that is has this yeah it doesn't happen to everyone mm-hmm. um these people are weird it has a stigma about it mm. uh, it's something not to be talked about it and i think two years into uh, later after some very horrific experiences just in the form of being locked up and not being allowed out mm. has created a bigger awareness mm-hmm. um that there is mental health issues mm-hmm. that you have a bigger understanding that if i feel bad in the situation somebody else might be feeling bad in the situation it has created i think uh, awareness that children might need a lot more attention and help mm-hmm. than that they can suffer too mm-hmm. you know it's not just being happy childhood um i think the awareness for m- mental health for men mm. is something that is being really talked about in the last two years i've got the feeling there's a lot more happening and I think it's a process that has begun on all you can hope is that it doesn't does it continue that, that mm-hmm. it, you hope that it continues and that it doesn't all right now we're back to normal yeah. yeah now this whole this whole pandemic thing is over we're allowed to get out of our house we're allowed mm-hmm. to see our friends again so pack it in yeah. yeah that could potentially happen yeah because obviously you're very much aware of certain things when there's nothing else going on so I hope it continues, and I hope that the awareness of you don't need to be a raging lunatic or um, somebody who locks herself up at home or somebody who 
you know, is quite openly has a mental issue. I think the mental awareness of that everyone has always got something mm. inside them that makes them suffer. It might be for a day, for a day or two, it might be for months, and it is something that can reappear. And that even these little things, um, these little issues have the right to be attended to and the right yes. to be considered. Um, so, yeah, I think this is what, what is important and hopefully that's not going to change. No, I do think we've got the ball rolling um, yeah. a lot more so now. So I think that will continue. And that's, you know, what you said is right. Like everybody has mental health, like everybody has physical health. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be something big or traumatic or, you know, um, it can be the small things yeah. and we all need to take care of our mental health just as much as we do the physical. Absolutely. Looking back now with hindsight at everything mm -hmm. that you've been through and, you know, we have talked through a lot, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that path? Well, you know, in a way, I'm grateful for the path I've gone because obviously I'm the person who I am now because of the experiences I've had, whether they were good or bad, yeah. Hopefully I've learned from them and don't make some of the mistakes I've made in the past again, yeah. But then you deal with it then. It's, I have absolutely no regrets in my life apart from moments where I hurt, I've, I've hurt a couple of friends mm -hmm. by things I've done and said that subsequently have left my life. Mm -hmm. And these are the only things I regret. Mm -hmm. I don't regret my suicide attempt. I don't regret my relationships, even though they were not good for me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't regret staying with, my, with Sam for as long as I have. And um, I don't regret that it wasn't me who ended that marriage, even though it wasn't good anymore. Yeah. I, I have, I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to allow myself regrets. I'm accepting the experiences I've had. Mm -hmm. I've experienced, I'm accepting the outbursts I've had. I'm accepting the mistakes I've made because I've learned from them. And like I said, I, I personally really like myself right now. Yeah. I, I, I'm in love with myself right now. Um, and that is only on the back of what happened in the last 44 years. So, yeah, I don't want to take that away from myself. And you shouldn't. <laughs> I love that you just said that so much. And you should love yourself. And... Everyone should love themselves as much as what you've just said. Like, for so long in our lives, we learn not to love things about ourselves or not to love how we look or, you know, or, or like comparison is the devil. Like, oh. I should be more like this other person yeah. or um, I should be more this or more that or whatever it is. Um, I, like, love so much that you just said that and I think that I'm going to try and, take that on in my own life as well and you know self-love is such an important part of our journey and you've been through a lot and to be able to sit here now and say to me that I'm just so happy for you and I'm so grateful that you're in my life <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, you're part of this video yeah. this might be part of what I feel like so and it's it's the truth good yeah. I'm glad 
this episode has honestly just, I don't know, made me feel so good and I'm so happy. And, you know, there's like a few like things, I guess, that we've spoken about where we haven't even really talked about it that much before. So yeah. I'm really ha- glad that you were happy to come on board and that you were happy to share with me today. Thank you. If anyone would like to find you online, um, how can they do that? Well... I'm part of the Instagram crowd. Absolutely, <laughs> who isn't? And so I'm Veronica Freediver. That's Veronica with a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, that's who I am. Yeah, freediving is mm-hmm. my life. I'm a freediver. Um, and this is how I identify with right now. Yeah. So this is what you would find. Um, so that's a big part of my life. So that's, that's the part I share. Yeah. Openly. And if anyone would like some more information about freediving or coming over here to do some courses. Just send me a PM. <laughs> I'll answer. And can they find Freedive Gilly on yes. Instagram? What yes. What is the handle? Freedive Gilly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Pretty straightforward. Um, I can throw this out there. There is some amazing people working with um, freediving and mental health. It mm-hmm. might not be the answer to all of your problems. But um, diving into free diving it can be helpful. Mm-hmm. It can sh- teach you things about yourself, and it is a wonderful way of attacking personal problems. Might not work mm. for everyone, um, but it is definitely something that helped me an awful amount. Yeah, um, it's it's big part of my life, and I think if if you have never tried it, and you think from that point of view, you might want to give it a go at some stage. I can't promise you that it will help you, but uh, mm. you might find something you didn't have before. Yeah, so. I think that's beautiful. And you get to be outside and in the ocean and a part of nature. And if you do it here, you get to be on this beautiful island with the wonderful Veronica. So definitely, if anyone has any more questions about that, you can also just send me a DM to my the High Tide, Low Tide um Instagram page as well and I can pass on some information from there absolutely no dramas well Veronica yes Lisa it is 20 past 7 now in the a.m. which means the banyan tree is open (laughs) let's get coffee (laughs) it is time for coffee so we're going to wrap it up Thank you again so, so much for joining me and taking time out of your day this morning before work to come and have a chat. Thank you for having me. I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing here and um, sharing a story might help somebody, but it also helps me because it's part of my mental journey to talk about things openly with people listening who I've never met. (laughs) It's quite a scary thought, but it's also an exciting thought. Yeah, and you just coming on board and being open and talking about everything you've been through is 100% going to help other people. So you're doing a great thing and I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode here on The Gillies. (laughs) And I will see you next week. Doei! If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com. 
gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at high tide, low tide AU. See you next time.